In today's brief, we'll talk about Russian collaborators, water problems, and some more gear for Ukraine. I'm Linnea, and today is Monday, June 26, 2023, and Crimean Tatar Flag Day in Ukraine. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news from the front. The battle for Bakhmut has lasted 329 days so far, and the fight for Vukhledar, 316 days. In 2014 to 2015, the battle for Donetsk airport lasted 245 days. The Ukrainian armed forces have made clear that they will defend Ukrainian cities as long as possible, even when it might seem outwardly impractical. Ukrainian Deputy Minister of Defense Hanna Maliar reported that offensive operations continued in the south as an offensive was started in several directions in the east, and, quote, there is progress in all directions, end quote. She added that ongoing operations include several tasks that are not solely focused on liberating territory. As of June 25th, the Ukrainian army had advanced 600 to 1,000 meters in the southern and northern directions around Bakhmut, according to Operational Command East spokesman Serhii Cherevati. Russian forces made unsuccessful advances in the area of Krivoshivka, in Luhansk, Vesele and Rozdolivka, in Donetsk, as well as in the Bakhmut, Marenka, and Shakhtarsk directions, and a Russian sabotage group made an also unsuccessful attempt to enter Sumy Oblast near Rodyanivka. According to the general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine, Russian forces remained on the defensive in the Zaporizhia and Kherson directions. A spokesperson for the Joint Press Center of the Tavria Defense Task Force reported that Russian troops used a, quote, prohibited asphyxiating aerosol chemical munition on one of the Ukrainian armed forces' positions, adding, I assume with a smirk, that, quote, the wind blew in the direction of the enemy, end quote. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that he believed Ukrainian fighter pilots could start training as soon as August and that the first jets could arrive in six or seven months. In his evening address, President Zelensky remarked that the world has now seen that Russia's rulers have no control over anything, saying, quote, just complete chaos, a complete lack of any predictability. And this is on Russian territory, which is crammed with weapons. In one day, they lost several of their cities of millions of people and showed Russian bandits, mercenaries, and oligarchs how easy it is to seize Russian cities and, probably, arsenals with weapons. End quote. Ukrainian command has decided to form three additional reserve brigades. Very little is currently known about the new brigades, but we'll follow the topic and update you when we know more. The former head of the State Property Fund of Ukraine, Dmitro Sanichenko, is suspected of possessing more than 500 million hryvnias of funds from the Odessa Portside Plant JSC and United Mining and Chemical Company JSC. A petition is being considered in court that, if approved, would begin the process of extraditing Sanichenko back to Ukraine for prosecution. President Zelensky announced on June 22nd that he had signed a law banning the import and distribution of books from Russia and Belarus, which was adopted last year by the parliament. The Security Service of Ukraine, or SBU, reported that it had detained a Mykolaiv resident suspected of coordinating Russian fire, meaning they told Russian artillery where to strike, and spying on the military, 
The alleged spy was reportedly involved in strikes against the Mykolaiv shipyard, which resulted in six people injured and several houses damaged, as well as providing the Russian Military Intelligence Agency, or GRU, with the locations and movement of Leopard tanks and Bradley Infantry Fighting Vehicles, or IFVs. Ukrainian Energy Minister Herman Khaloshenko told the Financial Times that Kyiv's contract with Russia's state-owned gas supplier Gazprom is due to expire in 2024. For obvious reasons, Khaloshenko indicated that renegotiation of the contract is unlikely. The International Committee of the Red Cross, or ICRC, refused to disclose the number of Ukrainian prisoners of war it's visited in Russian captivity, according to Ukraine's ombudsman Dmitry Lubinets, who said, quote, The delegation said that this was confidential information. I assume that this number is ten times less than the number of Russian prisoners visited on the territory of Ukraine. End quote. Svetlana Romanko, founder and director of Razom We Stand, wrote in a recent op-ed that, quote, The risks associated with Ukraine's continued dependence on imported fossil fuels extend into national security and defense concerns, as Russia was a key supplier of fossil fuels prior to the full-scale invasion. End quote. Now to the temporarily occupied territories. While it appears that the media blackout in the Kherson region has relaxed somewhat, We will still err on the side of caution and refrain from reporting on evacuation efforts unless announced by Ukrainian government officials. Partisans blew up a railway line in Stepova, the village in Crimea, on June 21st, damaging a vital supply route on the peninsula. Occupation authorities also reported that the railway connecting the Kerch Bridge and Russia to Crimea was damaged in an unspecified incident. The Chongar Bridge, commonly used for transferring equipment from temporarily occupied Crimea to the Zaporizhia region, was damaged overnight between June 21st and 22nd. Oleg Kryuchkov, an advisor to the occupation head of Crimea, said that traffic is being directed to the Armyansk and Perekop checkpoints. Fun fact, 70% of all military and civilian traffic went through Chongar. Local telegram channels in Sevastopol reported two explosions in the area of Peremohi Park, followed by a large object falling into the water. Later, the occupation-appointed governor of Sevastopol, Mikhail Razvozhayev, stated that the cause of the explosions was, quote, the Black Sea Higher Naval Institute of Nakhimov conducting training exercises of anti-submarine and sabotage support with the use of rocket launchers, end quote. Okay, sure. Due to the destruction of the Kohovka Dam, four irrigation canals, which prior to the large-scale invasion supplied water to 5,800 kilometers of fields, producing about 2 million tons of grain every year, have been left without water. Russia is considering committing a terrorist attack at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, or ZNPP, by releasing radiation, according to President Zelensky. The International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, has not confirmed that the cooling reservoir is mined, but the IAEA press service reported that the plant is mined around the perimeter and in some places inside the facility, stating, quote, At the time of the director general's visit, no mines were found on site, including the cooling pond. However, IAEA is aware of the initial placement of mines outside the perimeter of the plant, which the agency had previously reported, as well as at certain locations inside, which service personnel explained had a defensive nature, end quote. 
it may be worth noting that the service personnel in this case are employed by the occupying force. The Ukrainian Ministry of Foreign Affairs called on the international community to react to information from Ukrainian intelligence about possible preparations by Russia for a terrorist attack. President Zelensky stated that in order to prevent catastrophe, it is necessary to completely deoccupy the ZNPP. Quick sidebar. I am not a doctor, and I can neither diagnose nor prescribe. That said, the New York State Department of Health has guidance available regarding keeping potassium iodide handy in the event of a nuclear disaster where one is exposed to radiation. You might consider bringing it up with your care provider, and they can help you to assess your risk and decide if it would be safe or beneficial for you. The general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine reported that Russian collaborators are preparing to flee from the occupied Kherson region to Crimea, actively spreading information about evacuation in the event of a breakthrough by the Ukrainian armed forces. Speaking of making plans, let's talk about the Russian Federation. Russian Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu pledged on June 22nd to finish forming military reserves as a separate army by the end of June and claimed that Russian reserve troops will receive more than 3,700 pieces of equipment. There has been no word on whether that goal has been impacted by the tiny weekend rebellion. Russian collaborator Vladimir Saldo threatened to strike bridges, including, strangely, in Moldova, after the shelling of the Chongar Bridge. The Moldovan foreign ministry obviously condemned the threats and summoned the Russian ambassador for explanations. Analysts from the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, have reported that Belarusian dictator Alexander Lukashenko could be taking advantage of the failed coup to delay the formalization of the Union State of Russia and Belarus or prevent Putin from using Belarusian forces in Ukraine. Over the course of the pint-sized coup, Russia lost six helicopters and one airplane. In European news, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak declared at the Ukraine Recovery Conference in London last week, quote, We will stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes as they continue and to win this war. And we'll also stand with them as they win the peace and harness all of that ingenuity and defiance to build the future that they deserve. End quote. UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverly indicated at the conference that the UK would be, quote, very supportive if Ukraine were able to go through a simplified process for joining NATO, saying that Ukraine was evolving, quote, incredibly quickly, and that Ukrainians had proven through their actions on the battlefield that they were reforming their armed forces to meet NATO membership requirements. Annalena Baerbock, German foreign minister, said that while Ukraine has made progress in its reform efforts to become eligible to join the European Union, especially in the areas of free media and the rule of law, Further progress is needed, quote, to put an end to 30 years of nepotism and, we must clearly say, corruption, end quote. Estonia is providing another package of military aid to Ukraine, including a field hospital, equipment to paramedics and sappers, and the means to combat drones. The field hospital will be transferred from the reserve of the defense forces, and Iceland will be financing its restoration for 7.8 million euros. Italian Foreign Minister Antonio Tajani said in an interview that the events in Russia over the weekend have shown the weakness of the Russian government, saying, quote, This is the inevitable outcome when you support and finance a legion of mercenaries. End quote. Let's talk about news worldwide. 
According to the Washington Post, U.S. intelligence agencies have known that Prigozhin was planning an uprising against the Russian military establishment since mid-June. The U.S. has also decided to postpone new sanctions against Wagner Group gold mining interests in Africa to avoid benefiting Putin. In a statement on June 25th, the Ukrainian embassy in Israel accused the country of, quote, close cooperation with Russia, reportedly evidenced by the lack of humanitarian aid to Ukraine, several controversial interviews by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and, quote, two rounds of high-level political negotiations with the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, end quote. World Bank is providing an additional 1.75 billion U.S. dollars towards relief and recovery efforts in Ukraine, financed by a $500 million World Bank loan, a $1.25 billion grant from the United States, and a $15 million grant from Finland. Andrew Forrest, the second richest Australian, announced on June 21st that he would be seeding the Ukraine Development Fund with $500 million, calling on other investors to do the same. The United States House Foreign Affairs Committee passed a resolution on Wednesday urging the Biden administration to provide long-range missiles to Ukraine. Representative Michael McCall, a Republican from Texas, chairman of the committee, said, quote, Attackums are critical to Ukraine's success in the counteroffensive. There's no reason to give Ukraine just enough to bleed but not enough to win. It's been my criticism all along. If we're going to be helping them, either go all in or get out. End quote. Members of both parties in the U.S. Congress have called on President Biden to provide Ukraine with a concrete mechanism for joining NATO at the summit in Vilnius, emphasizing the value that Ukraine will bring to NATO as a model of stable democracy and a leading military force in Europe that is capable of repelling Russia on the battlefield. The United Nations considers Russia to be guilty of the murder of 136 Ukrainian children in 2022 and has put the Russian armed forces on the so-called list of shame, according to a report by the UN Security Council. The report also states that the Russian armed forces have, quote, maimed 518 children and carried out 480 attacks on schools and hospitals. And yet, the Russian Federation still has a permanent seat on said UN Security Council. All right, let's talk military tech. One of the missiles used in the attack on Kriveri on June 13th had, quote, around 50 components, end quote, primarily microelectronics, that had been produced outside of Russia. The head of the office of the president, Andriy Yermak, announced that the missile used in the attack was a KH-101 cruise missile that had been manufactured only two months earlier. Germany announced a new military aid package for Ukraine, including 155mm projectiles and precision-guided ammunition, six border protection vehicles, two HX-81 tank transporters, and two semi-trailers. Germany also committed to supplying Ukraine with missiles for a Patriot defense system, but declined to provide further details due to security concerns. In a separate announcement, Germany committed to providing 45 more Gepard anti-aircraft systems, and by the end of the year will deliver two Iris-T SLM anti-aircraft systems, with, quote, almost 100% accuracy. Romania is being considered as a possible training ground for Ukrainian F-16 pilots, potentially with Lockheed Martin, the aircraft's manufacturer, conducting the training. 
An accounting error caused the U.S. Department of Defense to overestimate the value of arms sent to Ukraine to the tune of $6.2 billion. The unspent funds will be used to provide further military aid. According to the Defense and Security Monitor, Ukraine is included on a list of recipients of AM-120 Advanced Medium-Range Air-to-Air Missiles, or AMROMs, as part of a $1 billion U.S. dollar contract awarded to RTX, formerly Raytheon Technologies. Currently, Ukraine uses AMROMs in its National Advanced Surface-to-Air Missile System, or NASM's, launchers. RTX was awarded a $1.2 billion U.S. dollar contract back in December 2022 to deliver six NASM's batteries to Ukraine. That is the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Patreon. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone.